Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your producer, Peter Finger, and I have the pleasure of welcoming you to today's episode. In our show, we'll resume our conversation with our host, Dr. Graham Taylor, and his guest, Tracy Gilmore-Namoy, in their discussion on perinatal care for the second part of this clinician series episode. In our last episode, we discussed some of the common challenges of people who've experienced pregnancy loss, infertility, birth trauma, donor conception, and surrogacy adoption. We shared some of the experiences of the non-pregnant partner and the importance of making space for their feelings. We discussed the importance of trauma-informed care of the medical system and how the process of pregnancy in and itself is a traumatic experience. And finally, we discussed how to enter in a relationship and help clients work through exercises and strategies when someone is really struggling from grief. We'll resume our talk today by discussing the sacred space of therapy and creating an environment that welcomes vulnerability. There's some great communication strategies out there and there's a connections code book. There's the NVC, you know, nonviolent mm-hmm. communication. These are some really yeah. great techniques and approaches. Yeah. But what I want our listeners to understand most is that in, in this sacred space of therapy, mm-hmm. a lot of it gets to take place in the moment, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's that willingness on the therapist's part to yeah. want and being able to lean into and invite yeah. kind of that first the knownness that takes place with the patient themselves because to say yeah. let's let's know you a little bit better and let's you and I kind of discover and kind of mine down into that and as that knownness for themselves evolves mm-hmm. kind of through that organic process of you just leaning in mirroring mm-hmm. and, and genuinely loving them in that process yeah some really cool things emerge <laughs> what do you think yeah no, I'm just thinking like on that note, like when people are scared to like show who they are to be vulnerable, yeah. I like to always ask the question and you can use this question and adapt it for, for any intervention or any population of when someone shares something that they're scared to share, like, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time. Or like, I, I don't want to be having a hard time. Right. Or like, I don't want to say that I'm depressed. I always like to say, well, what would it mean if that were true? What would it mean about you if you were depressed? What would it mean about you if you were having a hard time? What would it mean about you if you could, if you couldn't get pregnant? What would it mean about you if you did fail your partner? Oh man! Like I, I like to just like go there because then you're just it's dropping like, them right down into their greatest fears. Yeah. What biggest hopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I can come in and reframe that for them. Yeah. You know, based on what their response is, I can say, but everybody feels depressed. I can say things like. Of course, you're depressed. Your baby died. I would be worried if you weren't depressed. Mm -hmm. It would be weird if you came in here and said everything was fine. I would think, oh my gosh, this person's really disconnected. So it's things like that. I think that's such a beautiful process. You know, when you're talking about people are scared to be vulnerable, there's all kinds of reasons for that, whether it's, you know, our families of origin or past relationship dynamics or what might it mean about me. Like you said, we, you know, there's some high achievers coming into your practice. And those are those that basically through their own merit say, if I do this, this is going to happen. Right. And there's the first time in my life, maybe when I've done this, this isn't happening. And so what does that reflect and say about me? So that vulnerability is a scary thing. And what I love about therapy is that as a, that, that therapeutic relationship in and of itself, mm-hmm. just that mm-hmm. there are 
wonderful opportunities for what we refer to as corrective emotional experiences where someone's paradigm is this, if I don't do this, then I'm a failure. And what the therapist and what you're describing very clearly gets to do is to say, no, Mm -hmm. that's not true. You get to expand that definition or that understanding and say, that's not what it means at all. And someone that for maybe for the very first time says, really, (laughs) are are, are you serious? And in that moment, something begins to change and you can hold those fears, those hopes, that self-perception, whatever it may be in that vulnerable Mm -hmm. space and allow that corrective emotional experience because of the way you're showing up and holding that. And then what you do is I think is a really cool thing is then you give it back to the couple. Mm-hmm. And I believe our relationships are, I think there's a divine design in them, but I think there are core needs that we don't have met that get to be yeah. met in therapy, not just from the therapist, yeah. but in the, but in the, but in the couple themselves where they get to have a corrective experience, a corrective emotional yeah. experience where their partner is showing up in ways that no one has ever shown up for them before. And they so want right. to have someone do right. that, but they right. may not know how to do it. And you're facilitating that. Yeah. And I think that's what we do as therapists. You know, my favorite thing that I've heard someone like favorite way that I've heard someone describe our job is to love people. And it's yes. my one of my best friends who's a therapist. And she got asked this question of like, how did you know you wanted to be a therapist? And she said, well, I just, I knew that I just wanted to love people. Like I wanted I that it. to be my job, you know? And it's like our, the therapeutic relationship is the most valuable tool. We know that it's the most important factor in determining mental health outcomes. Yeah. Which going back to just one note on the trauma-informed care, which is why it blows my mind that that's not emphasized because that is gold. That is the thing. It's right? it. And so it's like we are healing and repairing attachment wounds through yeah. our relationship and our work with people, which they then have a reparative experience and take that and then they can heal outside relationships. Like you bet. we are modeling how to have that, not only in our interactions with them, but by like what you said, facilitating amongst each mm-hmm. other, if it's relational work, but then they have that positive experience. What do they learn? They learned, I can say something that I don't even want to admit to myself. And I don't That's feel okay. like bad about it. I, I feel actually better about it. Right. <laughs> and I can, and the self expands the in that moment, doesn't it? The self begins to yeah. expand. You're saying that that expanded self gets to come into other areas of their life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, those are some good nuggets right there. Grab those and put those on the hearth or put those on the refrigerator. Those are great things you're saying right there of how that gets to be in the therapy itself with a couple on your couch. And then it gets to come into the other areas of their lives as well. Well, let's get a little more specific around that. And what are folks experiencing individually with you as a couple with you? What, What do you see growing and changing and kind of some markers of improvement? I think like the biggest thing that I see, well, first of all, if we're talking grief, I know I'm using that as a primary example, but that seems like the one to stick with. (laughs) If we're talking grief, one of the biggest things is people come in, you know, having an idea of how grief looks because we're not educated on grief properly, even in mental health. What do most people say when you say, tell me what you know about grief? They say the five stages of grief. No, it wasn't even meant for people who are grieving. It was meant for people who were dying. And it was, and even the founder of that came out and said, don't use that for, it's antiquated. It's not, but that's how people look at it. They, they look at it as staged. You grieve for a period of time. Usually they think that to be days, a week, months, maybe, and then you're over it. And, and that's not true. So one of the biggest markers of improvement, I think is I'm, I'm leading people to lean into the discomfort of grief, which is a very different type of therapy. Whereas if someone's coming for depression or anxiety, like, of course I want them to feel, but I want to minimize, I want to decrease those Mm. symptoms, 
with grief, I actually want them to feel it more because I know that the only way to move through grief is to grieve and that you can't avoid it. Yeah. So one of the markers is, is, well, it's starting with the education. Like I was saying, someone's coming saying, you know, it's been two weeks, I should be over it. And I'm like, you don't ever have to get over it. Your relationship to it will change. It's not always going to feel as raw. You will move forward because that's life and you don't have a choice, but you don't, but there's a difference between moving forward and moving on. And so when they can lean into the grief and process, and then they can cry when they need to cry and they can go out of work and they can say no to things, they can fall apart. Then they get to the coming back together piece and the, and the functioning and, and learning how to move forward. And that is one of the biggest markers for me is, is taking them through that. And it's painful. It's painful as a therapist. I mean, it is, you come to session and you're just, and people are just crying the whole time. And it's like, you just want to like hug them and be like, this is so awful. Mm. And it's, you're just saying to them, this is so awful. This is so awful. And there's nothing that I could say to you that would make this less painful. And I wish I could give you that. And I can't. And so it's, you know, taking them through that, it's having them talk about and this is true for all grief therapy, the person who has died and asking questions that people, you know, don't usually get to answer or, or get to talk about. And so for me, taking them through that, the marker then after some work is being able to honor mm. that person or that baby and being able to grieve appropriately and lean into it and not judge themselves for their feelings and also move forward and figuring out how does moving forward look for them. You're saying that the path through grief is to lean into the grief and and just immerse ourselves in it, trusting yeah. that as you join them in that, right things are going to naturally happen. It just it just yeah. does. It's how we're wired. And what I'm seeing is some of the maybe some of the markers that we can highlight is just the freed upness to mm-hmm. just express whatever's there, whenever they need to do it, and yeah. to have somebody sit with them. It's you, maybe their partner sitting next to them, and just to join them in that and not have to be alone in it. That's a huge thing. Yeah. It's the biggest thing. It's really the only thing with grief is to be a witness. It's the best gift that you can give a, a griever is to bear witness to their pain. Because the thing about grief is you can't fix it. Like you can't, the only thing that would make someone feel better would be for their person to be alive. That is the fix for grief, which obviously we can't do. So what, what can we do? We can support them. We can let them know it's okay to talk about it. We can help them to explore boundaries. We can help them to give mm-hmm. feedback, to advocate for their needs with supports. We can help them to say, you know, it's okay to say, no, you don't have to go to that baby shower. You don't have to go to that kid's birthday party if you don't want to. And that doesn't mean that you don't love that kid or that person. It doesn't make you a bad friend, No, you know? And so it's, it's helping them through that process. You're really right-sizing some things for them there. And I can see how when they are freer and freer and more <laughs> trusting in their ability to yeah. sit with and that it's okay to do so with yeah. the grief and the loss the mourning, how then it begins to kind of move to a place of honoring, you know, the loss themselves, probably bringing the couple closer together. And also I would imagine that's where it begins to emerge of where do we want to go now? What's going to be our next kind of our less judgment. And also what what, what are we going to do to move through? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Behavioral and mental health professionals provide critical support to our communities in a time when our communities need it more than ever. But they need support too, to continue their education, to connect with colleagues, and to advance their career. And so we've launched Triad, the hub for behavioral and mental health professionals. At Triad, you'll find education, community, 
and career resources for both current and aspiring behavioral and mental health professionals, all curated specifically for you and all for free. Visit us at hellotriad.com slash BHT to register for your free professional account. Again, that's hellotriad.com slash BHT. Come join the community today. Hey, you know, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but I, I want to ask if you leave our listeners with kind of a takeaway mm-hmm. message of hope. And I mean, mm-hmm. this whole podcast today has been about hope and how we can go mm-hmm. through these things and what it looks like when you do. And it's such an inviting message and it's mm-hmm. real and it works. It sounds kind of funny, mm-hmm. but this really mm-hmm. is what therapy looks like and how it really works best. But if our listeners today, kind of with a message and a takeaway that you'd like them to have. Yeah. Yeah, I think the takeaway for me is always that whatever it is that you're going through, even if what you're going through isn't on par with what we're talking about, is is valid and 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 normal. And you're not the only mm-hmm. one. And you don't have to go at it alone. There is support. Mm-hmm. And even in the situation of grief where nobody can fix it for you, it, it doesn't mean that you don't deserve support and that mm-hmm. we can aid the suffering, right? It's like the difference between pain and suffering. We can't take the pain away. We can support the suffering. I can't erase the pain for people. I can walk alongside you. You don't have to do it alone. And so being able to see yourself as worthy of that support and to break down any stigma surrounding like what it means to get therapy or what it means to fall apart or what it means to be a person who needs that. There's a good new wave where mental health is is in the last couple of years more talked about, but it's still very stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're making a lot of progress there, but really just knowing that, you know, pretty much everyone needs therapy. (laughs) What a great resource to be able to have access to. Yeah. Why not take care of that part of our health? And doesn't mean anything about you and and good for you for leading into that and for getting the support and the little bit of hope that I always throw in there. And this is what I tell people who come to me. I say, you're not going to ever get over it and that you're going to arrive at a point in which you'll be like, totally cool that that horrible thing happened to me. And over time, it will lift. Your relationship to it will change and you will figure out how to move forward. It won't always feel this way. It won't always feel so heavy. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell people, I'm like, if that were true, anytime something bad happened to someone, people would just give up. People would never go back to work. They would never get out of bed. They would never go to the grocery store. And that's, that's it. Right. And people are always like, okay, you promise I won't feel this way forever. I'm like, yes, you won't feel this exact way forever. And you will find a way to incorporate this into the fabric of your life and how you live it. It's really good. And that's a great word as a takeaway here. Thanks for that. Hey, as we wind down today, give us some resources. Mm -hmm. How do we find out about you, your services? Uh, You guys have got a great website, some awesome services being offered. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I have honestly a lot of resources on my website, which is just mm-hmm. the name of the practice, tgnTherapy.com. Yeah. I have an Instagram account, which is grief, perinatal, reproductive, infertility, you know, focused. And I'm interactive on there. Like I do polls and, you know, I share things that people send me and stuff like that, but lots of articles, podcasts, other Instagram accounts. So I would say website's kind of the best way. That's <laughs> the best really way good. To find that yeah. Yeah, it, I was just on it. I was on it quite a bit this week, and there's a really cool resources on there. It's nicely laid out. It's beautiful, and uh, some really good things you guys provide just for people to take and have a look through and just kind of peruse through and enjoy. So, yeah. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for today. It was great to have you back, and what an awesome show! Thank you so very much for being with us. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Fun to be here. Great to have you here. You know, I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Tracy and me today. It's always great to have you with us as well. I want to remind you that this episode and its resources and all of our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. So go check it out, our webpage, triadhq.com slash BHT, and explore our archive of podcasts and resource materials. Thanks so much again for being with us on the show, and we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.